Let's pray together. God, we thank you for your love and your promises. We thank you for everything that we could possibly think to thank you for and for the things that haven't occurred to us yet or that we don't realize or that we do not yet see. We pray that you continue to open our eyes so that we may see and turn and praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Is, the word is. So the word is in the dictionary has some interesting definitions for people like me who think and ponder about words. So let me share the dictionary definition with you of the word is. You ready? Present tense, third person singular, be. Try to contain your emotion. Well, maybe you were hoping for something more. I was, because the word is, is so important to the passage that I'm about to read to you. And I like looking up words. What does it mean? And so I looked it up. And So maybe just reading the text itself will help. So here's part of the opening of Revelation 1. Grace to you and peace from Him who is and who was and who is to come. And from the seven spirits who are before His throne and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead and the ruler of the kings of the air, to Him who loves us and freed us from our sins by His blood and made us to be a kingdom. Priests serving His God and Father, to Him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Look, He is coming with the clouds. Every eye will see Him, even those who pierced Him. And on account of all the tribes of the earth will wail, so it is to be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Mm. Mm -hmm. There's a difference between singing a song and talking about a song. I love, for example, and if you've heard me preach for a while, you already know, I love Bach's Brandenburg Concertos, and so I thought, I want to read about Johann Sebastian Bach, and I've got to admit to you that reading a book about Johann Sebastian Bach just didn't do it for me the way that listening to the Brandenburg Concertos for two hours does. It's not the same thing. And I'll, I'll confess to you that I used to be moved by Scripture when I was an old teenager. Not just impressed, but moved. I used to tear up. Seriously, when I was like 17, 18, 19, I used to tear up when I heard someone read that every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. 
it was that being so moved and tearing up at hearing those sorts of things that made me decide I want to be a preacher when I grow up. I want to be a preacher. So I went to school so that I could learn how to be a preacher. And one of the classes along the way that I took was called Historical Backgrounds of the New Testament. And it felt like memorizing facts for a biology test. Those were the kind of classes that I took, including, and you'll love this one, research problems in classical Greek. And it was, yeah, I got to admit, it was an interesting class. Um, didn't move me the way that reading Revelation 1 does. Somewhere along the way, it finally occurred to me, would you rather eat ice cream or listen to me talk about eating ice cream? If I have to teach anything about these post-resurrection of Jesus writings that we call the New Testament and how they impact us as followers of Jesus, what if I just told you ultimately that what these writings are supposed to do is help us endure? They help us get by. They encourage us to choose life every day and lean into God. You don't have to know everything there is to know about all these writings. Now you can, there's nothing wrong with it, until those moments when it starts getting in the way of you being moved by the work of God at moments like this. Then you have to take stock of things and say, well, what are we going to do about this? Well, I could, in this sermon, give you all the historical backgrounds of Revelation 1, or we could sing together. So yes, Revelation 1 from a few minutes ago, the people welcoming these words, they were, they were probably at the end of the first century, and then well into time right up to today. And every generation alive today, as well as those who went before us, faced their own beauty, beauties and their own oddities. And I can tell you countless stories about the Roman Empire and Asia Minor and the early Gentile Christians, or... We could just take a breath for a moment and say that one of these days, someone within earshot of you might say, Look, He is coming with the clouds. And it's at that moment that you'll have to decide whether to look away from your screen and see Jesus coming in the clouds. And that's going to be a challenge. But it'll be worthwhile. But if you want to look at a screen, look at this one and sing with me. Go ahead and sing this with me. To God who loves us. Okay, so say it with me. <laughs> To God who loves us and freed us from our sins by His blood and made us to be a kingdom, priests serving His God and Father, to Him be glory and dominion forever and ever. 
Amen. I don't know how y'all managed to stay seated, but I do know why. I, I, I know why. I'll, I'll tell you. You see, some songs sing stunning sounds of now with words like, to God who loves us and freed us from our sins. Freed. Freed. You have been set free. But do you believe that? And then some songs sing of a future that's still unfolding and goes something like this. Look, He is coming with the clouds. Every eye will see Him, even those who pierced Him. And on account of all the tribes of the earth will cry out, so it is to be. Amen. Every eye, all the tribes, all the peoples of the earth, everyone, every eye will see Him. Can you imagine what it's going to be like on that day when everything finally comes together, when everything is over? Look, it's Jesus. And man, if I'm around on that day, which I kind of hope I am, I, I really want to see that. If I'm around on that day when someone says, quit looking at your phone. Look, it's Jesus. If someone comes up to me and says, well, did you know that Jesus was actually probably born between 6 B.C. and 4 B.C. in a mountainous area below Jerusalem? I'm going to pass out. <laughs> Y'all going to have to wake me up and say, you're going to miss it. I don't think anyone's going to care anymore about such things. And trust me, I'm saying that as someone who cares about such things. I've been trained to say, you know, say such things. But, maybe one of these days, when it comes to words of Jesus, and words about Jesus, and words we sing of Jesus, no one's going to debate anymore. And there's not going to be a place for arguing, because, well, Jesus. And that day, let me tell you, that day is going to be a time to dance. That will be a day when it is time to dance. So back to, you know, what you said with me a minute ago and were able to remain seated. I realized recently why we can say something like that and stay seated. So recently, we were at Memorial Park. You know, now that it's been remodeled, you, you say a park's been remodeled? Anyway, now that they've really souped it up, and you know they've, they've all this great, and there's all this just open space and shade, and people are playing and football. We saw people hula hooping. I mean, just there's just all this stuff going on, and so we take a big quilt, spread it out, and we're laying down on the quilt and just enjoying. The sky was beautiful, and the breeze was hitting us, and it was just a wonderful night to be out. So we're there on the quilt just enjoying the park. It's a great place to be. It's outside. It's a great place to be people watching, which by the way, the last few days, I mean in the last few years, I know that it has been a hard and frustrating time and a lot of us are still frustrated and uptight and all that. I get that. Let me tell you, go outside 
that really helps being outdoors and you know take stock of how often am I looking at a screen through the day put it down or walk away from it for a minute go outside and just sit you don't have to do anything just sit there that's what we were doing we were just sitting there enjoying the weather and we hear people kind of coming up behind us so we turn around and it's a family of 10, 12, 14 people, and they're all dressed in blue. And so you know what's, what's happening. They're there to get family pictures made. And they were there for 45 minutes to an hour. And at first it was going really well. But they had four little boys all under the age of four. So four under four for 45 minutes. I don't have to tell the story because you probably already know what's, what's coming, but here's what happened. So they start taking pictures, and all of a sudden, I mean, I'm laying on the ground with my eyes closed, and I start hearing, Johnny, Johnny, John, no, Johnny. Johnny, come here. No, come, come here. Johnny, Johnny. And so without opening up my eyes, I say to Jen, I have a feeling that boy hears his name a lot. <laughs> Johnny, come here. And they got, so then some other people get in the pictures and they're changing out. And then we hear, Johnny, Johnny, hold Jacob's hand. Jacob, Jacob, Johnny, hold Jacob's hand. You know, we're starting to hear this over and over again. And as... That 45 minutes progressed, we heard Johnny, Jacob, and Patrick <laughs> over, Patrick, settle down. Patrick, Patrick, settle down. Get in line. Everybody, come here. Come here. Come here, everybody, come here. And we just keep hearing this over and over again. So then, I've still got my eyes closed, and Jen says, well, now they're all going to try to take the picture together, like all of them. And I was like, this photographer is an amateur, because they should have started with that trying after 45 minutes to get everybody in one group all, and it was just, uh, it was a riot to, like in every sense of the word. And I got to, you know, I'm a preacher, so I make up stories. I'm making up this story in my mind of what happened two hours ago. And it was you know, moms and dads and grandparents. We, The fourth boy must have been, you know, the compliant one of the four because we don't know his name. <laughs> but we know Johnny, <laughs> Jacob, and Patrick. I picture these moms and dads and grandparents telling the boys, guess what, boys, we're going to the park. And they're like, ah, yay, we're going to the park. What are we going to do? You got to be still. What are we going to do for 45 minutes? You're going to sit still at the park. And we're going to line up, and you're going to have to stand there. You're going to be still. And if you start running around, we're going to start calling your name over and over again to get you to come back here and hold his hand. And be still. But what are we going to do after? We're going to go out to eat. We're going to go to a restaurant where you're going to have to sit at a table. you got to sit still. And you got to be quiet. 
And I see a lot of you kind of smiling and nodding your head because you've either been the child or you've had a child and you know what it's like to be in situations like this. And I'm thinking that is why you can read Revelation 1 out loud and sit still. Because it's the world we live in. You've heard passages of Scripture. And while you heard passages of Scripture, especially if you grew up in this, you were probably told. While some guy up at the front reading Scripture, sit still. and Be quiet. And I'm thinking that when this Revelation 1 happens, it's going to be really hard to sit still. And it's going to be really hard to be quiet. You know why? Because I think on that day you're not supposed to. So I'm thinking, what are we waiting for? The passage that used to get me like that, that now that I'm reaching for and longing for and leaning into a kind of second naivete that's starting to move me again the way that it used to, is what some believe to be the first song written in Christian history. The very first one. You may know it as the Christ hymn from Philippians 2. We don't know whether this was actually the first one, but this is one of the earliest, earliest Christian songs. And it goes like this. Your mindset should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but rather he made himself nothing. By taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let's write a song of our own today. Let's write a song to sing and actually be with God. A song about every eye seeing, every knee bending, every tongue confessing, and every eye dry of tears. And then we could write the last verse based on an old, mysterious, original song that blessed one another. And it's going to take some practice because we're used to sitting and being still 
while we sing songs like this. So you may have to practice at home where no one's looking. No one's going to say, oh, you shouldn't do that. You practice at home. Sometimes it's good if today's a day to dance, for example. It's good to practice in your living room by yourself with the window shut. (laughs) Especially if you're not used to this. So it's all right. Go home and practice. Because on this day, when all of this happens, you're going to be able to sit still. God help you if you can. Literally, God will help you if you can. And again for today, if we're supposed to sing the last verse of the song while we wait, here's a good way to end the song, at least for this morning. Grace to you and peace from God who is. Amen.